The following podcast is an audio version of a live show that takes place daily on Crowdcast. To join our live audience, visit our Crowdcast website at crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. That's crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. And we're live with mystery guests, Hannah Niprash and Alan Rosenstein. It is Sunday, May 10th, 2020, 5 o'clock p.m. All right, the Boris Johnson news. Boris Johnson, he has revealed an alert system for England, reports the BBC. And once again, the New York Post really on the Kim Jong-un story, headline inside Kim Jong-un's circle of powerful women. Uh, North Korea is known for many things, but circles of powerful women, I did not know to be one is of them. Is that better than binders full of women? Binders full of powerful North Korean women. And this brings us to the big update of the day. Kate's cowlick. Kate. Yeah, let's Let's see it. Cowlick. Cowlick. Oh, Oh, that is. That's great. It is awesome. Well, you got to speak so people can see it. Oh, I mean, okay. Because otherwise, I want to hear from the cowlick directly. No, I know it. It look is like it's like a literal alfalfa. Like it's like like it's a joke. Oh, it's awesome. I mean, like it's always pretty bad. but uh, I went to sleep with my hair wet last night, and so it like is exceptional this morning. You, you um, are also wearing an exceptionally colorful shirt. This is one of my favorite shirts. I got it at a um, a thrift store in Montana. It is an X X X X L men's shirt. <laughs> like, if I rolled down the sleeves, they would like come down to here. <laughs> Absurdly too big. It's awesome. You, you uh, sort of have like an MC Hammer slash Sinbad vibe going on mm. in it, and I really like it. Thanks. Uh, I'll like. I'll take both of those people. Those are those are both <laughs> great things to be. Yeah. All right. So really. let's introduce our mystery guests, who devoted watchers of the show will know because this is the first time we've had a couple on in lieu of fun. And but it is a couple whom we have had both of the constituent parts of the couple on in their individual capacities. So Alan Rosenstein, you will remember, is uh, was one of the earlier guests on In Lieu of Fun. He is a law professor at the University of Minnesota. He is uh, uh, the author of or the editor of the Lawfare's first published book. He was the very first lawfare student contributor. Uh, uh, other interesting, distinctive features of Alan Rosenstein. He is the only person uh, ever to, uh, as a student, uh, in his first interaction with me, call me an asshole, uh, which was justified under the circumstances. Have you gotten um, this made into a tattoo yet, Alan? Just out of curiosity. I want Ben to get it as a tattoo. Why do I? <laughs> Alan Rosenstein says I'm an asshole. <laughs> That's exactly right. And perhaps most important for which I am ever in his debt, he is the uh, godfather in more ways than one of the Lawfare podcast, which was kind of his idea. And um and is still using the hosting arrangement that he set up for it back when he was a student. You're still using that janky open source whatever thing that I set up? Oh boy. <laughs> no, 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 the hosting arrangement, the liberated syndication yeah, is still yeah, yeah. our That's host, awesome. yes. Yeah. Sitting to his left, your right, is Hannah Neeprash, who is, I don't like, how we even know Hannah Neeprash is kind of lost in the mists of time. She showed up in my living room once when she was an undergraduate and has been a close friend of all witnesses ever since. She is a healthcare economist at the University of Minnesota. She studies what 
time is best to go to doctors if you do or don't want to be prescribed needless antibiotics. Um, and opioids. The person of my, and opioids. She is the person of my acquaintance, the lone person of my acquaintance who can write a limerick on the spot on any subject. Um, and uh, she is uh, the person who taught me how to climb walls. Um, other important features of Hannah Nieprash, um, uh, uh, she's super funny. Uh, um, and she, I feel uh, like that's something she has she to prove, Ben. You just can't like declare that. <laughs> no, Hannah, Hannah is quicker on her feet conversationally than just about anybody I know. And um, oh, and when she came out of college, those of you who are in college coming out into this awful job market, she came out in the last truly awful job market with five job offers. So take that and feel inadequate, hey. all of you. Uh, <laughs> Hannah and Alan, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, Good guys. To you both. Thanks Thank for you. having us again. You. Are you both drinking water? Heavy. No. Vodka. Clear, clear liquid. This was also Alan like- Never drinks water. Leah Lippman had smart water on the show and and next to next to Dahlia Lithwick, who was literally drinking like this much vodka, like in a glass. And I was like, I bet you Leah's is not water. It's too, <laughs> life is too rough right now for a, not a smart, smart water bottle filled with vodka. That's, that's exactly right. That's yeah. Exactly. How are you guys? How are things in Minnesota? Uh, it's not snowing. I will oh. say uh, it's, it's, this is one of the rare situations in which Minnesotans can say it's snowing somewhere else. And that yep. is, oh God, that feels so like, good. Like yeah. my house? Yeah. yeah. Really? It was really shitty yesterday. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> still... <laughs> exactly. All of Minnesota is feeling, ha <laughs> I just like, when I'm very- When was the last time it snowed? What'd you say? Well, I'm betting you jank, you're when janky. When was the last time it snowed? Oh. April? Yeah, oh, like two early, weeks ago. Early, no, three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. <laughs> oh, so. It's been spring for weeks yeah. now. <laughs> spring for minutes but what counts as spring and like what 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 temperature is it when you wake up in the morning it's 45 degrees when we wake up in the morning and then it gets up to like 63 oh, 63 is good and guys are really similar it to hasn't DC gotten right above 55 here really? once and i have never been happier about that Ugh. <laughs> why do you have to why can't i have it and you have it too this isn't zero sum Alan. <laughs> like, I mean, I it's know, fucking weather i think <laughs> I, i'm not sure that's true about the weather i feel like it's like <laughs> equilibrium and for me to have nice weather someone else needs to really get it <laughs> i have been getting it in an unpleasant way for months and so i i that's just how i feel how bad a winter was it in minnesota um, it was actually really, it was actually really fine. Yeah, it was, it was very chill. We got maybe four total feet of snow. Three maybe, or four. yeah. And we did not have, we didn't have, we had only one really like minus 20 degree cold snap. And we did not have the minus 60 wind chill debacle of 20. There was no po polar vortex, polar vortex. Right? Oh yeah. my God, I remember the polar vortex. It was so awful. I was living in, clerking my second circuit judge, living in, a uninsulated summer cabin, which seemed like such a sweet idea when I got it in like August and like was not a great idea when my shampoo froze in my shower. <laughs> like, See, this is the life of a, you know, for all of you law students out there, you think clerking is this kind of glamorous life. You get to hang out with federal appellate judges and you end up with frozen prel. Oh yeah, my that is exactly right. And my my all of the pipes froze, and my I was in the shower. I had come home. I was free. Oh, by the way, also at my judge's chambers, which were like in this like municipal building in downtown, like a lake town, and like like the Finger Lakes. Um, the our section of like the building was not getting heat, and so like I would just go to work in long underwear and like 
you think this is a ridiculous outfit? I would like, my judge finally at some point was like, KK, like you really have to like dress. I would like wear this Wait, and like- Your a judge called you KK? Yeah. Both that, of is my judge. that is totally your nickname. From yeah, now why doesn't everyone yeah. call you KK? I don't know. That's like, that was just my nickname. Uh, a lot it it is now do. your name, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are totally KK. Um, yeah, it was a good nickname. Uh, he was also like, you would like, there was like such tone, like it would be like loving KK and then it'd be like, KK, you just like hear him screaming it down the hall, really angry at me. <laughs> I'm like, um, yeah, but anyways, this was one of those angry times where I was like wearing a wool, like a wool cap that I'd knit myself and about three of these shirts and like a uh, long underwear and like sweatpants over the long underwear. And he was like, I'm pretty relaxed with the dress code, but like. <laughs> you look like a crazy person. Pull okay. it together, so, KK. So, <laughs> so, 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 Alan, you, during your clerkship, as yes. I recall, field dressed a goat. Is that correct? I did, yes, which was fun, yeah. Um, one of my co-clerks and I, we signed up for a how to hunt deer uh one day there was one day let one day class there was this there was this guy where were you clerking in charlottesville virginia and so there's like a ton of hunting out around there and there was this guy that lived in the area whose like big thing was you know teach you how to hunt deer and teach you how to do it responsibly and in a way that's you know as nice to the deer as possible though in, in retrospect you know the deal gets kind of a, I think that's yeah, an illusion. It gets yeah. a bad deal. It's not a good deal. I mean, it's like the lamb that Kate's got lamb prosciutto going. It's beautiful unless you're a sheep. You have lamb prosciutto? Yeah. Oh, Kate will show you the lamb prosciutto. I'll show going. it to you later. But anyways, go ahead. I'll also like, show, I'm trying to get up pictures of like my cabin in, in, in Geneseo. But yes, go ahead. I wanted to hear the story. Field dressing your goat, go. No, it's just, it's, it's, there's not much of a story. Wait, it's was just, it a goat or a deer? It, well, we couldn't find a deer, so we, we went with a goat. It was sadder because, I don't know, goats are cuter. I'm All, not sure you ever Because there's a whole goat theme going on in lieu of fun. You know, somebody tried to give Kate a free goat, but uh, uh, he turned out to be in Maryland, not in Cape Cod. And so she didn't get the free goat and I didn't get the free goat because I love goats. Um, to, to um, so, hang with. We don't know. Oh, I just like it seems indiscreet. It seems like he wasn't, he was pretty okay with it. Uh, with, with whatever, hold on. The, the ad is still up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show the ad. Yeah. This is, this is, um, do you, if you want this goat, this is on Craigslist in public right now. Uh, you could, you two could have this goat. But I'd have to get, oh, that's oh, a, that's a good that looking. Beard. It's a good-looking goat. It's oh. it's not a house goat. I asked already. House, I said, "Is it a yeah, house?" Kate, Kate. <laughs> yeah. You know, you have a good authority that Kate checked whether the goat goat was an indoor goat or an outdoor goat. Okay, so if we're gonna play the like, who loves goats most on in lieu of fun? I You're pretty goat friendly. I definitely. I mean, I quit my job to go live on a goat farm. That's I true. love you. Hannah, how did I not know this? Why do you leave this off of the story, Ben? This is way better than yeah, like- what... my field dressing a goat. Yeah. That was sad for the goat. I got my, it was kind of gross. I don't know, let's, let's talk about Field Hannah. dressing is pretty gross in general. It's and, you know, unpleasant. If, if you nick the wrong thing, it's just, because oh. you're just, it's all in there. There's... It's very true. So, all right. Well, I want to bring together- You need to remove the- the inner, the, the, the gushy bits. It's yeah. taking all of the insides out. Yeah, but so you because it's taking out all of the guts. Fast. The problem, just, you, have to, you have to do it in a, cause you, you don't want to like cut into the small intestine. Uh, but, it, but yeah, you have to be gentle. Cause if you get too like aggressive about it, yes. You nick something that's gross and you don't want to nick. And so, but it's, it's, it's like, it's unpleasant. It's like one of those things you can do really quickly if you're good at it. And like, it's really hard to, get good at it without actual physical practice. Yeah. So here's the question. Um, when we had a week ago, our mystery guest uh, brought live bees onto the show. 
Whoa. What? Yeah, no, we have. Where are your bees, guys? Huh? What you do have you have? So what do you got for us? <laughs> That's the question. Um, you guys are both superlative cooks. Um, you're both like super smart and interesting people. Uh, and you both do all kinds of cool things. So what you got? Are you going to open up a beehive for us? Are you going to like he literally was sitting in front of a bunch of beehives and just opened them up. And that was awesome. What you got? Yeah. Where are your bees, guys? You know, I've been thinking of taking this up, like seriously thinking of it, not just thinking of it. Uh, we got you covered on that. We we know where you can get a hive. Can you? Yeah, hook us up with your bee guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Harvitz we can of, totally of do the that. Wall Street Journal. Watch last week's mystery guest. I, wow. Show. wow. I need to. Yeah. I need to you should, I should show he them. like also oh, like went. You think that you're hardcore? Oh, look at that. This is lamer than bees, but this is all we have. What is it? Within within arm's reach. A strange plant. <laughs> it's an it's aloe plant, plant, isn't it? No, it's not. It's, it's, not. it's like a it's like a ham. Here, if you if you if you put it on your head, it'll look awesome. <laughs> oh, this is actually a sweet. There we go. Okay. This is a sweet hat. That's what we bring to the show. Okay. Now wait, 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 wait. We're gonna get a screenshot of it to send to your students. Talk, Alan. Um, oh my gosh. Don't you take me seriously now, guys? Isn't this someone who you want to learn about the United States Constitution? I feel I got so it. much better about my cowlick. I, I feel like so, so much better. Totally <laughs> tweeting that picture. That's fine. I'm pull I just want you to be, I just want you to, con just when you tweet it, you have to concede that I was pulling it off. That's yeah. All. Oh, well, yeah. I'm going to tweet it right now while we're talking. <laughs> Alan Rosenstein. Who wore the pot? Who wore the plant? <laughs> me or the pot? <laughs> Oh man. Oh yeah. man. This is like, this is so fun. I'm looking at like all of the pictures from my like time in Geneseo. I really doubt anyone had quite as enjoyable a time clerking as I did, even like despite my many mishaps. They well, were, it was, a, it. it was such a fun year. Because of the did you like clerking? I did like clerking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a good time. Then now, I guess now that I'm, I guess now that uh now that i'm i'm sufficiently several years away from it i can i can admit that ben and i played a game that year where he would try to get me to insert random words into my judge's opinions oh i love that yes i don't true? Didn't, yes didn't i know you yeah. actually were going to admit that publicly oh yeah what word well, did i get you to insert that. into the, a fourth so circuit opinion the first on? word was degenerate and the case Correct. I was writing it on was about child pornography. So it wasn't that difficult, actually. <laughs> yes, Let that seems easy. Reflect. Let the record reflect that I did not know what cases of, of course, yeah, I was the because of the because of the pending and impending case rule. Yeah, so I would be Alan would call me I, I and say, the what's the word? And I would give him a word. Yeah. And I didn't know it happened to be directly relevant to the case he was working yeah. on. I thought degenerate would be a pretty hard word degenerate, to get into not, a, a Fourth Circuit opinion. Degenerate was not too Degenerate difficult. turned out to be easy. The, what next, was the next one was grapefruit. And I did not get very far with that one. I'm not even sure I had the courage. Grapefruit. Grapefruit is, that sounds incredibly difficult. Like, that, you I can't. think grapefruit would have been really hard. You I can't do you that. You gotta use a metaphor to do it. You know, uh, the, uh, plaintiff's argument that blah, blah, blah mixes apples and grapefruits. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess so. Uh, guys, 10 years of the Washington Post editorial page right here. That's, yeah, that's I, know, I can't believe you can even. You only get a decade of yeah. writing editorials. So I actually, you know, I play a game with another, um, uh, let's just say MSNBC uh, contributor. When we are on television together, it's only when we're on television together, we text each other the word of the day. And the other one has to use the word in their hit. Um, and so in their head, you mean you mean you don't mean in their head. You mean in their hit, their oh, television head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
it's actually is a it pretty like, like no well i mean you know i'm not going to tell oh, you who is it, it is and therefore what the words are but um because i think like this person probably wouldn't want me to uh to talk about the word of the day game but here's the thing when i was this i can talk about um because um when i was uh um playing this once i mentioned it to another uh very distinguished uh, former federal prosecutor who was on MSNBC that day. And he said, oh yeah, we used to play that game when I was in AUSA, we used to play it in court. And I would play, we would play word of the day and the trial team would give each other words that you had to get into the argument. And my word of the day one day was xylophone, which is hard to get into an argument. It doesn't involve. I mean, I feel almost like the xylophone is a word that is only brought up when you are like either specifically, specifically talking about xylophones or like to like talk about how difficult it is to bring xylophone up in a. In I like think a even right. <laughs> so this is somebody who I'm not. Again, I'm not going to name this person, but this person is somebody who you've all heard of. It's like a you know pretty well known uh, former federal prosecutor and describes going in front of a, a court, you know, and having to use the word xylophone and pulling it off. And then there being a pause and the judge saying to him, counselor, uh, can you approach the bench, please? And he approaches the bench and the judge says, I'm playing word of the day. <laughs> and oh. he, of course, is an officer of the court, so he can't lie. And so he says, yes, Your Honor, I am. The judge says, is the word of the day xylophone? <laughs> and he says, yes, sir, it is. And the judge says, cut that shit out in my court. Oh, my God! Um, <laughs> so, that is my... Um, so, yes, I have been known to play word of the day on MSNBC with a particular individual whom I'm not gonna name. Um, and in the course of doing this, I did learn that word of the day has been played by federal prosecutors in court and that judges were sufficiently aware of the game to know it by name. So um, to anybody from MSNBC watching, what's up? You gotta be, you gotta keep yourself amused somehow. I was yeah, gonna say, I mean, like, so some this of this game... stuff gets so rote. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I, like, you know, word of the day is too easy when you're playing it with law review articles. Because, like, when Alan writes a law review article, it's 75 pages and he can go any direction he wants. So, if I tell him, get or the drop word a generate in there. Yeah, exactly. You can have a footnote that's a footnote 473. This is the footnote where I use the word degenerate. You should you know, do like no the of the law review if you wanted to do, make it hard. Or like epic poem of the law review. I mean, there are ways of making it difficult. <laughs> word of the law review would, would not be hard. Would not right. Be hard. But in a court opinion that's on a particular subject, you know, getting a particular word in can be kind of difficult. Anyway, I'm glad you brought that up, Alan, because I would never have brought it up out of respect for our secrecy understanding, but since you did, uh, you know, I, you just, know. I just I want clerks to know that that there's a, there's a certain whimsy to their to their to their job. It's not just speaking all, of whimsy. All right. I just pulled up all of my photos about my clerkship. Can I share them really quickly? These are my favorite ones that I think are appropriate to share. Do it. Are there are there favorite ones that are inappropriate to share? Yeah, like mildly, like I think. <laughs> okay, yeah. All as any good clerkship should have. Uh yes. So I just want to say this is kind of what if you like a lot of people were like, oh, you have to be in upstate New York. That's so crappy. This was the view from like the lobby when you got out of the elevator, like our community, like our office building. I just thought it was like the most beautiful little, like it just kind what, of was like this what, gorgeous What city view. was this? This hey, is what? in Geneseo, New York, which is, um, which is uh, about 45 minutes from where I grew up um, in, on the Finger Lakes. When I moved to the, the cabin that I got, um, I bought for $100 on Craigslist um, this rowboat. <laughs> 
and had it delivered and I, it was a piece of crap. And I would like go out like at the end of every kind of, of every like night of getting home from like working at the office. And I would row out uh, with my fishing tackle and a six pack of beer. And I would just like row out into the lake and I would never catch anything. Um, but it was very, it was like really wonderful. I had, I would bike to work every day. This was like the bike that I had. Um, and then good turtle. My, that, that was my turtle. Oh, that is my free range turtle. I prop like most people keep like their turtles in tanks and I like hated the idea of that. So Mott, his name was Mott. Um, he like, I had him for 13 years and then I gave him to a conservatory. But anyways, he used to hang out uh, and bask in this like heat lamp and like kind of walk in and out of his bowl. He'd walk all over the apartment. It was kind of amazing. And these are the eggs of the chickens that I bought <laughs> when I was when I was clerking, uh, which was kind of uh, which was kind of I'll show a video of them later. But I built a coop and got three chickens, and they would lay these like beautiful, beautiful brown eggs. And this is this is the polar vortex. This, is, this is this is June in yeah. No, actually, this is this is this is this was April. This was yeah. like that it was yeah. April of that yeah. year. We yeah. have four feet of snow. And this is the path that I shoveled out to my chicken coop. Like yeah. it was just like completely crazy. This is, uh, oh, this was April Fools. Uh, this was like, we put the, we got this, this is all the last names of our clerks. And we got this sign printed and put it on the door of, uh, of chambers. Excellent. Um, I'm assuming Judge Wesley was your judge. Yes, he was. So, nice. <laughs> um, that was like the big joke. It was pretty funny. Uh, this is more beautiful, kind of like austere kind of stuff. My judge is pretty goofy. This is me and him. Nice. Wow, our, you had a lot more hair then. I did have a lot more hair then. Um, in a, this was us doing our official clerkship photo. Um, and shortly after this photo, I found a baby squirrel that then became uh, the office mascot and came to the work every day. Oh, um, wow. And that my partner fed with an eyedropper uh, <laughs> and um, let walk on his head. And uh, she would just like sleep nuzzled up on my stomach. And like, it was... Oh yeah, yeah, she was very, she did not like me make, this was like me making a timeline for one of the cases that I was briefing and she was like not having it. So anyways, that was, uh, that was my, that was my clerkship experience. Please, would, please send me the picture of the squirrel on uh, John's head for purposes <laughs> of my Twitter good morning image. I think it just needs to be a Twitter good morning image one of these days. If we send um, you a really cute, Ben, if we send, I have some, I have a squirrel question for you, Kate, but before that, Ben, if we send you cute pictures of our dog, can that be a Twitter good morning? They have to be distinctive. Oh, we, we can make that happen. You know, like if the dog is wearing lawfare swag, for example, totally doable. You guys can pull that off. Copy out of a lawfare mug. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, it, it just has to be something that makes it like other than like just a picture of my dog. dog pictures, right? you, you know, you know, you, you should start selling um, a locker bandana, which I I would buy that as well. I would buy that, and it could be a it could be a mouth cover, face mask, yeah, face mask, a locker bandana. Like, so we keep talking about whether we should sell lawfare masks, and uh, there is a fierce debate going on in the lawfare core editorial community about whether this is A, a good idea, or B, in bad taste. And people have radically different views about this. But bandanas are great but, because they can put them on anything, and you can choose nobody, what you do with it. Nobody has changed their opinion, like the people who think it's in bad taste, it's like profiteering, are locked into that view. And the people who think it's awesome, everyone's doing it, Disney has masks now, uh, uh, are locked into that view. Um, it's actually interesting how, how much it's kind of a gut check about yeah. where people's priors are. 
Where are your okay, so I'm oddly in favor of it, actually. Yeah, I actually want to ask both of you and Ben. Like, so something super interesting that I think is fascinating is that, like, First Amendment law is, like, typically anti-mask. Like, and that's because of the Ku Klux Klan. Like, that is, like, one of the reasons. Like, you have to march in public with your, like, with your face. Yeah. And... um there are two things that have developed in the tech world in the last, well, one thing that is, well, two things that have developed in news in the last couple of years that like, I think changed this. One is facial recognition technology. And the other is the fact that now, like the vast majority of like the world in the current moment is like going to have an excuse to wear a mask all the time. Um, and I'm just kind of curious what people think what that means for free speech. And like whether what that means for like anonymity in public, um, and whether that exists any well, whether, well, I don't know if it existed before the mask thing, but it, masks are a way of reclaiming it. Oh, huh. so the question is like, do, do you have a right to put a mask on and stay anonymous in public? Is that sort of the question? Yeah. So the reason this came up was <clears throat> I have this. I had this one wonderful student. She just graduated. Um, she took two of my classes. Uh, she's a black queer woman and a gamer and like all this stuff. And she is, she was just like all of the first amendment doctrine around this seemed antiquated, like just didn't, did not strike her as correct. So for example, she was like, no, people should have to like, people should be allowed to be anonymous in public and have to not be anonymous in like on the internet. Like we should absolutely just like require people to walk around with like IDs, like basically all over the I internet. I am so in favor of that. I mean, I don't agree with her about anonymous in public, but well, she I, was think like, anonym, anonym, I think anonymity is the most overrated first amendment value in the world. That's so interesting. I mean, like, it's so interesting. And like, and I was like, Sorry, what are you know saying, that anonymity comes from, well, yeah, what did you say, Hannah? I don't mean to cut you off. I was recalling our comment or vote experience. Yeah, our names were on that. What was that? Can you oh, tell us? you guys have never seen Wait, that was you? or vote? That was Wittis and Roush. No, I know, but it was Hannah. Yeah, yeah, it's like part of the production. Center vote. Oh, I love comment or vote. Ah. What is that? What's well, comment or vote? let me find comment or vote. Yeah, it's, it's, it was, um, you know, it is one of my projects of which I am genuinely proud. Hang on, I'll I'll get it. Keep talking. Okay. So, so my only point was like that, like from a normative perspective, like this young black queer woman, like saying this, seemed to me to be like the exact type of person that the like that the anti-mask laws. Uh, like that had been taken advantage of by the Ku Klux Klan were specifically designed to protect, right? Like, or like to like, kind of like her interests. And it was so fascinating. She was like, well, if I want to confront some, like if I want to confront someone in person, I can go up and confront them in person and like have that interaction with them when they're in person. And so like, if they're anonymous or not, at least I can go up and like yell at them in person if I'm there. But like, um, if there's, uh, if, if, you know, but on the internet, like people can drop a comment and run away. And I don't, like, I, that's not okay with me. So. Okay, here's comment or vote. Okay. Really good. Did you have to put the sound on? Wait, just, we can't hear it. Yeah. Uh oh. Ben, you have to, when it gives you the screen sharing option for this, uh, exit it. Uh, if it gives you the screen sharing option, you have to click both boxes to say enable, like share your audio on the image. So just like un un stop sharing and then re fix that. Okay, share. stop share yeah. and then. Yeah, reshare it. And re then there'll be two boxes it. on the left. Oh, share computer sound, I see, yeah, good. Thank you. Here is comment or vote. Uh -oh. I can't do that. Um, it says I have to reinstall Zoom to do oh. that. Oh, um, oh bummer. 
Do you want me to me, do it? Me, send me the let link. Me, send me, me the link. Out. I can do it. Okay. All right. That's that's how it's gonna happen. Um, I don't know. Do you but, know. Um, but this is but this is interesting, and I don't want to like I don't want to I don't want to monopolize the conversation with this question. But I have been puzzling about this for a year now since she asked. She brought this up, and I just thought that like I'm curious what you both think. I mean, it seems like a perfect. I mean, I I, I don't know. It, it, this is one of the reasons why I find a lot of these constitutional questions so frustrating. Yeah, it's a value and it's a value that can be balanced off against the other value of not having people use anonymity to be jerks to each other. Um, and I'm just not so sure that courts have any greater wisdom in figuring out how to balance those values than you know, your, average, your average legislature does, right? I mean, if, especially if, um, you know, it's 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 one thing. It's one thing if the anti-anonymity law or anti-mask law is applied unequally or anything like that. But I'm I'm generally one of these people that that tends to think that if a law is applied to the entire population, then then it's got a strong presumption that it's that it's okay, especially in these really contested cases. This is the one one of the big problems I have with the oversight board is like I think that they're really good people on understanding freedom of expression and not understanding freedom of expression online, like, and like all of the ways that like this new, like this new, like all of the, like all of the like physical constraints that being bound up in meat space, like changes how you express yourself and like what it means and changes freedom of expression. And so like, I just don't think that like, there's a ton of understanding in that, in like this, like, just generally, but even in specialist spheres yet. So I'm gonna show your video, Ben, hold on. Okay, here we go. This was when Hannah was very young. Okay, I'm going now. <clears throat> ben was the same age though. What a mewling apparatchik you are, these bent lips puckered. Had enough. Internet commenting afflicts millions of unfortunates who have too much time and too little maturity. Its symptoms include anger management problems, impulse control issues, and intellectual regression to childhood. Sadly, commenters' juvenile name-calling and seventh-grade argumentation have defaced countless websites. They've- Ben! Oh my God, this is hilarious. Is this like, are you, is this like a dare? Like, is this like dare? Keep what going. is this? Keep <laughs> it's a PSA. It's like the, you know, the more you know, it's one of those. Did you, yeah. Like, are we going to get like a G.I. Joe graphic after this? Also, Hang on, just keep running. I'm going it. to, but also, did you do this with like a sense of, a, a sense of the fact that you were doing this in kind of jest? Or no? No, it, it was entirely serious. This was this was before. This was before no, like, I love. We meant I, it. Is that like Our a homemade poster board behind you? That's, for the oh, yeah, love of God! I believe it was made by one Hannah Neeprash, In fact, Jesus Christ. Okay. Love you even more, Hannah. Even more. I've also brought down the whole country's gross domestic intelligence. But now something can be done. I'm Jonathan Rouse, and I'm Benjamin be Wittes. Together, we've launched Comment or Vote. We propose a constitutional amendment barring anyone who posts an internet comment from voting in any elections for at least two years. That's right. Comment or vote. It's their choice. Commenters can wreck the internet or they can spoil democracy, but they can't do both. Comment or vote will improve democracy and bring reason back to the internet. It might even inspire commenters to get the help they need. So spread the word, write your congressman, tell a friend. Or just leave a comment on this page. <laughs> Fight comments with comments. Together, we can solve this problem. After all, trolls belong under bridges. Leave a comment, lose your vote. Comment or vote. You choose. <laughs> I love oh. like, the close-up on Rash's face. After oh that. my god! I just want to point out. Oh my that, god! Um, oh my first, god! The first comment on the YouTube page of comment or vote 
for many years was, was fuck you, you guys are faggots. <laughs> no, it was you guys are faggots. <laughs> to which I would totally Jonathan, lose my vote for that. <laughs> to, to which Jonathan remarked to me two things. One is half right. And the second <laughs> was um, that uh, he couldn't tell, he genuinely couldn't tell if it was meant as a joke or <laughs> if it was serious. Um, the comments in response to that video were deranged and awful oh, yeah. in, the, in a way that like seemed calculated to make the point of the video, but none of them were ironic. Well, and, you're, um, you're a meta troll, Ben. You're trolling the trolls in this. That was 2011. That was like nine years ago. That was almost oh, 10 years. It's almost a decade. That is bizarre. Like, oh, God. You had very DC hair back then, Ben. It, it has aged well. And by the way, to Pauline, uh, that is what my hair actually looks like if I grow it, except now it is gray. Um, but it, it's not. Uh, it, it has not all that much receded from there. I just keep it very short. So we have a question from Kevin R, the mysterious Kevin R, who is uh, always good for a good uh, comment or question. What's on your mind, Kevin R? Um, well, the the analogy to the word of the day game for longer documents, I've always found acrostics work well. Make the first letter of every line or first letter of every paragraph spell out amusing things here's the thing about that kevin r is that like i really it's very very clever but it's very tedious and like it's very hard if there was like some type of like if i could run an entire page of like it like a judicial opinion basically through some type of across like program that like would make an acrostic I would totally do it, but it was just like, it's it's actually harder than it looks, especially if you have like a multi-page document, right? Yeah, I. it's usually what I'll, I'll, I'll do something like that on like my third or fourth editing pass as, as something, you know, by the time I know my document well enough that I can't see the errors anymore. It's, you know, go through with- And editing. what do your acrostics usually say? Uh, I'll grab some poem or something, you know. Oh, that's that's better than what I was expecting. <laughs> uh, you, know, you know, what kind of poems do you listen? Do you do you read? Uh, Whatever is at hand. Sometimes I'll grab a Shakespeare thing or something like that, and just you know, something to give me a couple pages worth of uh, letters to use, and it's cool, nice nice way to mix things up of yes i need to read through this again to find all of my typos but also i'll change the first couple of words of every paragraph and then the next time i have to go back and undo it totally that's really i mean yes acrostics are like a nice form of subversion i think that that's true i i will say i am i am i love these kinds of like verbal games and i wish i were better at them but i am super bad at them when i was when i was figuring out how to ask hannah out on a date i spent like seven hours trying to write a cute flirty limerick um and it was like the hardest intellectual thing i've ever done and the limerick was terrible as i recall and she still went on a date with me so i don't know countless suitors have tried to write limericks and it's just like the worst <laughs> that's bad right it's Although Hannah, I, I, I do want to ask you a question about uh, composing doggerel on the spot. Uh -huh. um, and we will get to nice try. What's that? We will get to a demand that you actually do that. Um, uh, um, but um, you and I, we've, we, I think we talked about this on uh, a, on a previous episode. We may have but you and I once had an ode-off yes. where we each gave each other a news story and had to write an ode with, within 48 hours. Do you still and I believe that I have the one that I wrote and I think somewhere in my email, I would have the one that you wrote, mm -hmm. um, which was, as I recall, 
I gave you the obituary of a Croatian war criminal. Oh yeah. That, am I remembering that right? Uh-huh. And I think yeah. I gave you a story on O to Hershvervan or something, right? <laughs> Thank God nothing had to rhyme. Uh, I think I gave you a story on the rise of video games in nursing homes. Is that Correct. Right? That that that's true. That and yeah. I I totally okay. cheated in the Odoff because I just adapted Keats's Ode on a Grecian Urn uh, and replaced the words with you know, old people playing video games. Um, uh, and I thought it was pretty witty, but you actually wrote an ode from scratch, which not having Keats as a base, I might say was not quite as cool as mine, but it was far more original and far better like as a original piece of work. Um, so like, do you walk around uh, writing doggerel in your head? Um, I walk around thinking about good rhymes. I find that the, the like the hardest and the most satisfying part is coming up with the, you know, so you've got the, the three and the two and you come up with those and then you just like the interstitial bits work themselves out. You were, you were saying you had, you had a good rhyme. You're currently working on a good rhyme, oh, right? Yeah. Don't you have a good, you know what it is? You forget? I do, I do. No, no, no. no it's I good, was, it's um, dark, but it, it, it's appropriate to our quarantine time. I was reminiscing on the nature of marriage in coronavirus <laughs> time. Well, you're allowed to say it with him sitting next to you, especially. Really I just wanted to observe that the words besotted and garroted happen to rhyme with each other. <laughs> That's very nice. Left without comment. If no one, <laughs> Students, if you don't hear from me soon, you know <laughs> uh, oh, It's like amazing that I'm not, it's like, I'm not sick of my partner at all. I'm just like sick of this. Like, I'm yeah. just like sick of all of this. Like, I'm right. not sick of him. Like, in fact, like, I'm very happy that he's here and I wouldn't be able to get through it without him. Well, for the love, right? Like, yeah. but for the love of God, like, I just like, Kind of, like I miss my friends. I miss like being able to make plans. I the the plans thing is maybe the thing that kills me the most. As I'm like shaking hands, really. And like I was never. Yeah. I've not, not been a shaking. Like I'm not a big shaking hand. Like, I never thought of it like I'm a, I'm a shaking hands person. But like turns out I really miss like shaking a hand. Don't so wait. Speaking of your dog, which yeah. we were a while ago. Yeah. We have a question from Pauline Brock to whom we never deny an answer, may we see the dog? <laughs> yes, coming right, up. Thank you. <laughs> but I was gonna say that like, that the, to that point, like I woke up the other morning at 4 a.m. and like, I just had, I don't know if this happens to anyone, but like I had like, not po like I just had prose running through my head and I was like, I miss New York. I miss this, I miss this, I miss this. I miss like all of these various kind of poetic descriptive things of New York. And I wrote like in two hours, like a thousand word piece about like what I missed about New York. And I just like, don't know what to do with it. I'm just kind of like- Lamb poetry. It's lamb poetry. But I'm like also no, like- No, I think it's a, it's a Twitter thread. Maybe it's a Twitter thread. Maybe you're right. Maybe that's what I should do with it. I think Twitter threads are the new slam poetry. I think that's what happened <laughs> to slam poetry became Twitter threads. So yeah. Alan, I have a serious, serious question for you about um, about uh, being married to somebody who can compose doggerel on the spot. Is yeah. it intimidating? Oh, it's one of the many, it's one on a very long list of intimidating things. Because um, like, I just can't do that. Oh yeah, I, you can't, know, like, I can't do that. Either. Like, I think I'm a kind of like, I'm as witty as the next guy and my name is Wittis. So when I say something witty, it's a witticism, but if you ask me to compose, to like speak in rhyming couplets, I can't do that. Oh yeah, no, it's 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 crazy. I think there's just like there's like a piece of her brain that just functions differently than it's really very it's really very impressive. That's that's what I'm saying. Like the first time this was before I got like I was trying to get, get up the guts to, to to ask her out, and I spent like literally four hours writing just one limerick. It was like eight lines. It was so bad. Yeah, I, I no longer try to compete. I on. have to say that like that type of like that type of thing is like how the if I was like that that the vast majority of my brain. Oh, hello, oh, hi. Oh my gosh, who are you? Hi. Her name this is, is Scout. 
Hi, yeah. Scout. Are you na- are you named after the Scout in like of like To Kill a Mockingbird? Probably, but we're not sure. We kind of just kept the name the rescue organization gave her. Oh, oh, that's kind of nice. I'm gonna name her Talus after my favorite Renaissance <laughs> choral composer, but then I don't know. Scout was really cute. So. We decided it wasn't basic enough. So wasn't basic enough. Is Thomas Talus really your favorite Renaissance chorus composer? I think at the end of the oh, day, yeah. Palestrina, yes. tough call. Um, Palestrina. I know you. Yeah, dogs so on like, laps. Dogs on laps. Oh wow, that's a that's a that's a good little like Uh-oh. dense Is Scout fluffy. Freak out, do you think? Oh, cute. Where's oh, your? She's so, so sweet. Speaking of which, so how's Gergi? Where's Gergi? Who's an appearance on in lieu of fun the other day sitting on my lap which is by the way a bit of a chore since he's roughly the size of you know kate or hannah um he's a big guy um uh he um is doing fine he kate and i now have we have many many things in common and one of them is that we both have one-eyed dogs yeah um, it was yes really and gergi does not really mind having one eye it seems um, he's doing well, but he's not in. How did your dog lose an eye? Whoa! Uh, oh, it's oh no! It's happening! Oh no! It's happening! We're losing containment! Oh, the dog fell off! <laughs> wow, the dog like somersaulted. That that's was kind of was amazing. That so was again, like... we're, and we're done. We get yeah. That's kind of inevitably happens with with doggo. Um, Nina was adopted blind, and she had two eyes. And she'd been in the shelter for nine months. And as as far as we can tell, she went into the shelter probably because she had really advanced glaucoma and they couldn't pay for her treatment. And then um, a dog bit her in the face and killed her good eye. So then she didn't have any any um, any any eyes at all at that point. Like so, there's like a giant puncture wound in this eye which is like and she can't see out of it at all and so uh, we adopted her knowing she was totally blind but not knowing she needed the eye removed and then we had it like scooped out like two months into like our having her and now it's been five years and she's doing great she's just like she's one-eyed but she's totally blind which means that all of my interactions with other people are very frustrating in which I am just like they're like I'm like, they're like, can I pet your dog? And I'm like, sure, but she's blind. And like, we can see that. And I was like, no, but she's blind. She's she's completely blind. They're like, oh, she's blind in both eyes. And I'm like, there's only one eye. Uh, <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and, like, and they're like, oh yeah, okay. And like, they so seem to get it. And then like, they oh, she's really blind. Like at the end of like whatever the interaction. And I'm just like, fuck you. I just said that at the beginning. Like no one is listening to me. I've never I've never gotten to kind of interact with a blind with a blind dog or see how a blind dog operates. Like are are they is is Nina I don't know how to put it, like does she if if she was just wandering around the house, would could you tell she's a blind dog or she's so like no you couldn't tell she was a blind dog wandering around the house she just like kind of walks around slowly and then like even in the backyard she just like like now that we're like in a yard she has she has it's actually incredible we're like in this big house with like a like a big yard and she will circumvent the and circumnavigate the entire house and like through the yard sniffing just like on her own like by herself and then like find her way back to like the brick like kind of like step up to get into the house and then like walk up the steps and wait patiently at the door until we open it and like i don't know how she learned that but anyway so it's kind of she's kind of amazing but like but she doesn't like play fetch she doesn't run she doesn't she kind of hates swimming and resents me for making her swim so like those are like those are things that happen even when right? she flies, our dog does not play fetch. She like really, messes really, up the very last step of giving it back to us so we can throw it for her again. It's sad. It's a reminder that her brain is much smaller than ours. Gurgi, does Gurgi like playing fetch? So Gurgi um, loves again. He doesn't see very well because he's got 
Uh, he's had bad cataracts since birth, and now he only has one eye. He loves fetch in principle, so he gets very excited if you make a throwing motion, but then he doesn't, he can't actually see the ball. So what he really likes to do is um, play fetch with another dog, and then the other dog gets the ball, the but Gurgi uh, just oh. runs as part of the pack after the ball and then kind of makes his way back and likes to do it again. But for Gurgi, fetch doesn't really involve retrieving the ball. It's, it's really just, you know, somebody throws something and you run. Was that always true? Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's like very different. Like I always had golden retrievers growing up or spaniels and they would like go after things. They so Hannah, things. I have a really important question for you. Um, and it's before we get to the part where we demand that you compose a limerick on the spot, uh -huh. which is, you know, what time should people go to the doctor? Like distill all your research to kind of news you can use. You like thousands of people out there watching in lieu of fun today are thinking to themselves, what time should I schedule my doctor's appointment for? So if you want maximum health benefit. Slash maximum or minimum opioids? That's the question. No, 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 like, what, like what, what's gonna happen to you if you do it in the morning, in the late afternoon, in the, you know, what do we know about what happens depending on when you uh, schedule your doctor's appointment for? You're very sweet with us. Here, I will say two things. One, I always go, I always get the first appointment of the day when I know that they're not running behind yet. Uh, because the second thing is that doctors are human too. And when they are stressed and under time pressure and need to get home to their families, they make different decisions. So if you want those opioids or those inappropriate antibiotics, end of the day, for sure. Man, that's a cute dog. I just can't get over it. She's like totally into that belly rub. Oh, Nina? Oh, sorry. Like, yeah, no, sorry. I didn't mean to distract from you. I thought you were saying really important stuff. No, Nina is oh, just like, this is what, like, this is all she does. She just like, she just is like, uh, she is the most docile creature that has ever existed. Um, yeah. But so that's interesting because like, I actually feel like I've gone to the doctor a few times. Um, well, not a few times, but like virtually a few times, I guess, because I had like runny nose and I was like, kind of like, okay, what's going on? Like, oh, it's just allergies or whatever. And then I've had my regular like psychiatrist, like kind of like meetups or whatever. Um, but I've really wondered like what that kind of like, what that's like, like how people are judging what, I mean, I, I've felt like it could cut both ways, I guess is what I'm saying is like that people could be really susceptible to like, basically yeah, like over prescribing <laughs> like various type of like opioids and both also like, uh, like, how do you, how do you, how do you walk that line? Like, um, I just feel like it could be really hard and like the, like no one's written about like how this is being exploited. Right. I mean, at least I haven't seen it. Have you heard about it? No, not really. I mean, there's, there's still way more variation. Like if you compare, you know, the person that prescribes the most opioids to the person that prescribes, you know, the, the fewest, like there's still more variation there than like me at 9 a.m. versus me at 4 p.m. But I think, I mean, you make a really good point, which is that sure you might go for like the easy solution, but you might also miss something altogether, right? So you could see conditions that would otherwise come up that are just being missed because there isn't enough time to get to them. Yeah. And, and this is why no, you don't see these patterns until you're crunching millions and millions and millions of yeah. Right. Well, that's all I do. Yeah. Yeah, you crush all the like amazing. But like we had Me Will, too. we oh sorry, go ahead. Ben. No, no, go ahead. I was gonna say that we had like my friend Will on, who is like an ER doc, or no, he's not an ER doc. He was actually an anal health doc at like Callan Lord mm -hmm. in New York City. Yeah. Um, that Callan Lord has now like 
kind of prides itself on serving underserved populations. And so they've opened yeah. all of these kind of clinics and he's been like there for four 12 hour shifts a day and like doing all this stuff. And like a bunch of my friends have been doing this that are ER docs in New York. I have, I mean, in New York and other places. And like, I'm just kind of curious. Like I just, I think that like what you have, like that this is like an interesting part of this, which is like, how do you, how do you distinguish between these patients? And uh, there are, I mean, like for Will, it's like, that's fine. Now he's on these like very, you know, these very specialized kind of patients in this hotel that are being treated in this exact way. But like, Jesus, like, I don't know, like people who are like bordering on addiction or whatever else, like this is just, this is just terrible. Like this is, this is just an excuse. And uh, sorry, I don't yeah. mean like. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I mean, the, like one of the many cruel perverse aspects of our healthcare system is that the people that need the most care because they are the sickest tend to get care in the most resource starved environment. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we've got to wrap up, but we're going to wrap up with a limerick on command, Hannah, and we're going to do it on a subject of the audience's choice. So here's how we're going to do this. Um, I am going to come up with three possible subjects. I had nothing you to do. All are, and you all are going to I vote. I terribly. You're going to vote by raising your hands. Um, and so, um, the three possible subjects are uh, overprescription of, uh, of antibiotics and opioids late in the day. Um, number two, under-resourced uh, um, uh, uh, care being the highest demand care subject, uh, being the highest demand health care. And three, um, uh, is uh, Michael Flynn, the Justice Department dropping a case against Michael Flynn. Uh, so you can you have choices of two subjects about which are directly relevant to Hannah's research and one subject that Hannah knows basically nothing about other than what she might read in the newspaper. <laughs> um, so it's totally up to you. So uh, everybody put down your hands because uh, we can't I don't know what you're voting on yet. So here's what we're going to do. Okay. If you want Hannah to write a limerick on, uh, compose a limerick on the spot on overprescription of opioids and uh, antibiotics late in the day, raise your hand now. None. Okay. If you want Hannah to write a limerick on the spot on resources in healthcare uh, being uh, insufficient, the areas where in, uh, healthcare is insufficient being those of maximum demand, raise your hand now. We got one for that. Oh, uh, three. Okay. If you want, uh, <laughs> if you want Hannah to compose a limerick on the spot on the Justice Department's perfidy in the Michael Flynn case, raise your hand now. And the Flynn's have it. I'm going to do, do one for the, for, the, for the second place. Okay, well, I think the Flynn vote has it uh, considerably here. So, uh, Hannah, the subject is Michael Flynn. Uh, the form is <laughs> AABCA. B B B A. Um, the floor is yours. Go. Lament for what case could have been. Against the man named Michael Flynn. The question, did Barr do this for his czar or was there no proof of the sin? 
Whoa. All done. There we go. Bravo. <laughs> My wife, everybody. Jesus Christ. You married well. You yeah, married right. well. <laughs> you know, it's like, I knew her when she was this big. <laughs> Anna and Alan, we love you guys. Um, we love you too. Bye, you know, you're so about great to have closest, you on the show. Thank you. About the closest yeah. thing to fun to we time. have on in lieu of fun. Come back anytime. Anytime. Um, uh, Kate, let's uh, give briefly the schedule for the week because we have an incredible week coming up on in lieu of fun. Who do we have Monday? We have on Monday, we have, uh, hold on. Um, I know that we have this crazy week. Oh, Oh, we have like tomorrow we have like the oversight board, like Jamal yeah. Green and Nick Souser and other people that are kind of coming to join us. Um, on Tuesday, we have Tim Miller. On Wednesday or Thursday, we have Tom Wheeler. And then on Friday, we have Shane Harris. Yeah, so. there's been an out a call from the people for Shane Harris on the show. He will be here Friday. Tom Wheeler, former chairman of the FCC, will be here Thursday or Wednesday. We haven't nailed that down. After my intense misallocation to AG, um, to, to yeah. Ajit Pai, yeah, maybe Ajit Pai about he'll the, show yeah, up to yeah. ask a question. No, he'll, he'll redeem me, I feel. Tuesday is <laughs> Tim Miller, and Monday is Oversight Board Day. So, uh, Hannah and Alan, thank you for joining us. Uh, yeah, everybody else, thank you for joining us. Uh, and you, you voted correctly. On, you voted correctly on Michael Flynn, by the way. Yes, play us out, Kate. These are my chickens. Yes. Yeah, the chickens. chickens. All right. So on. There it is. They like pancakes. So just remember, guys, if you can't have fun, in lieu of fun. You can still have us play you out with chickens. <laughs> Bye, Ben. Bye, Kate. Bye. Bye.